What do you think of when I talk about gratitude? Maybe appreciation. How much gratitude do you actually have in your life? Are you thankful for the little things? Do you actually look at what's going on around you and just, does that bring you awe or does that just frustrate you? Well, guys, my guest today is author Stephen Crane. And in the last year and a half or since 2020, he delved into just understanding appreciation and gratitude in his life and everything in his life because of it. And today we're going to talk about living a life full of appreciation and gratitude. We're going to talk about his book. You guys don't want to miss out. I promise you gratitude will make your life a whole lot better. Let's get into it. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. Guys, I'm here with author Stephen Crane about his book. I can appreciate that. Nice close up there. Available on Amazon, guys. We're gonna have links for you down in the description or in the show notes. And Stephen, I just finished wrapping up your book today. I got started really late, but I did actually get through the whole book. It's a prerequisite for me. I, if I'm dealing with an author, I want to read what they've written because I'm not the kind of guy who will read the dust jacket and go, "Okay, that's what we're talking about." So, welcome to the Fable Man Podcast. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, uh, you know, when you and I first connected, we kicked around some ideas and I was looking back as I was writing the show notes today and it's like, it kind of want to work out in there, but after getting through the book, I have a whole lot of other questions. So, uh, it may not be quite as straight through as or straightforward as we had talked about originally, but, uh, I think it's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Tell my audience who is Stephen Crane and why, why are you here today? What is, what are you about? <laughs> who, wow. So everybody should write a book about who they are. And actually, uh, the funniest thing is, is that uh, I spent uh, a year or about 14 months, um, writing the collection of essays that is that book that is, I can appreciate that. Um, and I actually got to meet a little bit of myself uh, through that process and, and learn some things that I didn't already know. Um, uh, but in a, uh, in a nutshell, um, I am an advertising writer by trade. Um, it's sort of the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I'm one of those weird people that knew what I wanted to do when I was about 12 years old. I went to college to study that and got a job doing it and have been writing advertising for um, 20 plus years, um, living mostly, well, almost exclusively here uh, in Atlanta. Uh, most of my uh, life, I went to school in South Carolina and uh, would have stayed there, but there weren't any jobs. So I came back to Atlanta and met my beautiful wife, Carrie, uh, here at our first job and decided we would rather be together than work together. And so uh, uh, we stopped working together and started living together and have since uh, had two beautiful sons who are now 16 and 14. Um, so now I'm dealing with teenagers in high school and uh, living in Atlanta, Georgia. As a former youth minister, I'll, I'll be a little sympathetic living with two teenagers. <laughs> I've spent many, many years working with teenagers, so I work with that youth group, with that, that age group in our church as well. Uh, they're they're awesome people. I, I laugh because I have so mine are my youngest one is about to turn seven in July, and my oldest one is nine, and everybody's like, "Oh, you think they're bad now? Just wait till they're teenagers." No, no, I. I spent 20 years preparing for teenagers. I, I actually understand 
teenagers. I, the younger ages have just been baffling to me. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to when we get there because at least I understand that a little better. The whole little kid thing and babies was just like, uh, uh, there's no instruction book for this. <laughs> right. If they're good at seven and nine, I'm sure they'll be fine as teenagers too. You can usually tell. Uh, I've, I've worked with every age group of kid at our church and, and done foster care and been a baseball coach and so uh, my world is full of children and you can you can tell the great ones uh, from a very early age tell us a little bit how this book happened how this started I, I like the story in the beginning yeah so uh, so this is the second book that I've written and uh, I, I come to the realization that the first book I wrote which was a literary novel was a book that I wanted to write um, and it was totally um, like uh, an exercise in um, let's write something fun that's all about you know me or whatever as you know self-indulgent is a good way to put it this book I wanted to write this book uh, I can appreciate that is a book that I don't think I wanted to write but it's a book that I had to write uh, I was having a conversation with my oldest child uh, who at the time was uh, between 14 and 15 this is the end of 2019 and I don't even know exactly what our conversation was about, but he and I were having an exchange and I said something to him and his response to me was, dang, dad, why do you always have to be so negative? And you know, from working with teenagers and being around kids, sometimes the things that your children say to you or kids in general say to you, you can sort of laugh it off or you can dismiss it or you can just go total parent and go, because I said so, or you know, whatever. He said that to me and it stopped me cold. And I didn't really have an answer for that. And so I basically spent 14 months thinking and writing. And this book is essentially um, my attempt to answer that question uh, by uh, examining what I would freely admit is my cynical nature. You know, I'm, I tend to be a glass half empty sort of guy. I'm, I'm a pessimist and uh, sort of look at things, something bad happens and go, man, I don't appreciate that. Or why did that have to happen? Or that stinks or, you know, whatever. I kind of always see the, the half empty side first. And so what I realized is that there are a lot of episodes in my life that I could probably go back and look at and realized that my when my initial reaction to those things is I don't appreciate that when I look at them in hindsight there are these awesome gigantic life-changing life-affirming blessings that are hiding in all of those challenges um, and some of its big stuff and some of its little stuff but it's it's this theme that runs throughout these experiences in my life and so the book is actually a series of eight or nine autobiographical essays that all sort of center around the themes of appreciation and gratitude and are me going back and looking at things that I originally thought sucked or that I didn't appreciate and me finding the blessings in those and realizing there's actually quite a lot to appreciate there. You gotta love the brutal honesty of kids. Right? They will break you down. <laughs> I, I can blow off a lot of things my daughters say is just kid stuff that yeah there's that brutal honesty because they just don't know better they have been conditioned to give the proper 
answer, right? Or the sensitive answer or what? Yeah, it's uh, our, some people say our kids are punishment, right? For everything we did, but <laughs> honestly, our, our kids are like the biggest, just honest spotlight on our lives sometimes. Absolutely. As one cynic to another, I, I, I totally get where you were coming from because I, I'm a, I like to call myself a realist. It, it sounds better than pessimist. Just, That's the positive spin we use, but uh, yeah, you, you're my people, <laughs> kindred yeah. spirit. The, the dressed up version of pessimism, right? Yeah. So you mentioned hard situations, learning and getting having gratitude for hard situations. You want to touch on that some? Well, so that's that's sort of the theme that runs throughout the book. And, you know, like I said, some of that stuff is is everyday smaller stuff. And some of that stuff is really big, deep, um, hairy, nasty stuff. Um, it's it's everything from coaching Little League Baseball and the awesome life lessons you can learn, you know, working with kids and having victory and defeat and adversity and helping them discover all of those lessons to um career challenges and um, really big stuff like um, losing loved ones to cancer. Um, my sister, my older sister uh, passed uh, from cancer when she was 23 and I was 20. And that turns out to be um, a fairly um, fundamental experience uh, that forms a lot of my experience um, along with um, my own challenges um, physically uh, from a medical standpoint growing up. Um, so uh, it's a little bit of everything, um, but that that's sort of the theme that runs through the book. You uh, certainly, the start out is, I, I've, I've known some people over my lifetime. My dad was a minister for 40 plus years. Uh, I grew up preacher's kid in one of those. <laughs> Was spinal bifida, is that right, or no? Spina bifida, yes. Yeah, um, yeah I, I knew a couple of people over the years who uh, were born dealing with that, which is so incredibly, incredibly affecting the fact that you moved on with your life and your parents had the vision and the wisdom at the time to go forward with some, you know, cutting edge treatments at the time um, right. Well, so that that's uh, that's a perfect example of uh, something that uh, can sort of be readily appreciable. Is um, if you for the, for those who don't know uh, what spina bifida is, it's essentially a birth defect that when you're born, um, your uh, your spine is not closed, and so there's essentially a like a sack of spinal fluid that's exposed outside the body. And to fix that, you have to immediately like right there on day one of your life, you have to have a surgery for them to close that spinal sac. Um, and if you don't, you'll die. Um, and when you do, there's inevitably some degree of uh, like nerve damage. And so depending on what they how severe it is and what they have to do to close it in that surgery sort of depends on how much nerve damage you have. And uh, I, I don't know, um, the, the, the folks that you know who have that condition, um, most, so I'm fortunate, most people who have that condition end up in wheelchairs and they don't have um, any use of their lower extremities. Um, they can't have children. 
they are um, highly dependent for however long they live. And so I am remarkably fortunate that even though it took me uh, till I was about 30 until I had had more birthdays than surgeries, I actually have a very mild case of that comparatively. And so it's the kind of thing that while you're having those experiences and as you're growing up as, as a child and you're very different than everybody else and kids are mean and you get picked on or bullied or whatever, um, you don't appreciate that and you think that it's terrible and awful and the worst thing ever. And when you get a little bit older and you get some context on that, you realize how fortunate you are that even though it, it is bad, it was bad, it could have been a whole lot worse. And so, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a pretty good example of something that's just, oh, I actually can appreciate the, the, the good side of the situation that I thought was bad. So reading your book, you went from growing up with the kid who got picked on because you were different and were a bit crippled, right? And you were learning to get around that. You talked about going to college just being a new start for you that you were very excited for. Uh, I know what it's like to grow up with kids. And once you get that first impression, right, you just, you can't ever grow out of it or get out of it. You're always that kid. Um, but you went on to college and then your sister got sick while you were before or right after you went to school? Uh, during. Uh, so she was getting ready to graduate. Uh, she was two years older than, than I, and she was just finishing up college, and I was sort of uh, at the beginning, middle of the beginning of college. And then your story you shared about your sister, that was that's a beautiful story about her and her husband. That's just that I was trying to cry. My daughters like look over at me and they're like, <laughs> It's okay, Daddy. No, it's a it's a beautiful story. You're so sensitive. Like, really? That just not necessarily the image I'm trying to portray, but you know. But it, it was a beautiful story about how that went. But you went from dealing with your own physical issues to dealing with the loss of essentially your best friend and your sister. And somehow in that you found a way to appreciate lessons and that life taught you and all that came out of that despite the loss despite the difficulty as you've reflected and written this book or these essays however you want to say it you found not only peace in the situation but an appreciation for the things that came out of it absolutely and and i don't want to give anybody the wrong impression you know so i'm uh i'm almost 50 and those things happened you know the, those things we've been talking about, um, my childhood and my sister passing, those things happened, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And so um, I don't want to give anybody the impression that that is easy to come to terms with or that uh, that peace comes quickly. Um, it's really only with a lot of um, time and patience and, and some hindsight that uh, that you are able to or at least that I was able to, to look back at that and go, wow. So what I didn't see at the time was all this other stuff that was happening that in the conversations that you have with people, uh, in the meantime, or things that you come to realize, you know, through other experiences, as you see other people experiencing those things and you look back and go, oh yeah. So when that happened to me, I thought this, or I felt this, or somebody told me this and, 
um, it really is sort of that time and distance that um, that so often brings healing. Guys, we're going to roll to our today's uh, sponsor, and we're going to go on with more with Stephen. If you're getting something out of this, guys, this is an incredible conversation, and we're just getting started and scratching the surface. Be sure and give us a like, thumbs up wherever you are, and stick around for the second half of the show. We're going to start digging into some stuff. The only problem with re talking with authors about their books is there's just so much to cover in such little time sometimes. So guys, stick with us as we go to our sponsor. And today, our sponsor is going to be Audible. Guys, if you haven't tried Audible, you are missing out. My goal every year is to read more and more books because I just love to read and I learn so much. But having the time, who has the time, right? I'm trying to run a business. I have a full-time job. Guys, Audible has been a game changer for me. Now, I'm going to have a link in the description for you to get two free books with your free trial of, wrote this down so I didn't get it wrong, Audible Premium Plus, guys. Go sign up for a month-long free trial of Audible Premium Plus with the link down in the description or in the show notes. You get two free books. Guys, that's how I started. I needed There were two books I needed to read for a research project. And that's what I did is I got them on Audible for my free trial with no intention of going on. But guys, I fell in love with audiobooks because I can listen to them while I'm on the move, not just when I'm sitting down and actually have time to read. And I love it. I put them in the car. You can take in so much great information that you wouldn't have time for otherwise in our go, go, go world. So check out Audible Premium Plus. Get your free two books. If you don't like it, cancel the subscription. That was my plan, and uh, get your book on, guys. We'll change your world. Guys, welcome back. I'm with author Stephen Crane talking about his book. I can appreciate that. Guys, attitude about your situation is affected so much if you learn to live a life full of gratitude and appreciation. It can change your whole world. Perspective is so important, and Stephen, had a point last year if you're just now tuning in the show or back in 2020 when his son confronted him with some hard truth about us pessimists and so he started analyzing his life and guys what he shares in the book is a game changer um if you listen to our podcast you know i'm into the idea of gratitude and appreciation in fact i'll put one up here in the corner somewhere i'm bad at that pointing thing uh i did last thanksgiving i did a hour-long interview with a pastor friend of mine and we just talked about a life full of gratitude and what that does to your life so guys go check that as well get steven's book the link is going to be in the description and we're going to keep rolling with steven now steven uh, as you know on this podcast we talk about all things man husband and father so i'm going to ask you as you made this journey and growing in your gratitude and appreciation of the world around you and of your situations and of life in general, just everything it teaches you. How has that affected your marriage? Uh, well, so I, I would say that it is, um, my marriage is only one place that, um, has benefited from that. Um, it's actually what, what I came away with was this fundamental shift in the way that I look at relationships in general, um, whether that is my relationship with my spouse, with my children, with my colleagues at work, um, and even with God. 
there's there's so much that I ended up learning, not only as I was doing research to sort of figure out some of the historical stuff about my own family or to sort of uh, go back and, and revisit with people who were involved in these stories so that I could tell them correctly, uh, but thinking about uh, my own thoughts at the time and my own experiences, I think as I alluded to at, at the top of our talk, I sort of um, met myself again in a different way. Um, so it's it's really been this phenomenal shift in my understanding of relationships in general. And specific to my marriage, um, I mentioned um, that I met my wife, uh, Carrie, at one of our first jobs. And um, we've been, we're about to celebrate our 20th uh, year of marriage. So we've been together almost 25 years. Um, all of this, the, the book itself has eight or nine essays in it, and they cover a wide range of topics. But she ends up being sort of a linchpin. Uh, she's central in all of those, um, all of those experiences. Um, even, even the ones that involve things that, predate our relationship, even, you know, things about my childhood, I, I sort of fast forward in those instances and get to a place of a different understanding. And she's not surprisingly, she's always there as sort of the, the rock and the answer to so many of those challenges. So, um, not that I didn't have a great appreciation for the strength and awesomeness of my relationship and my marriage before, um, but getting to spend that much time thinking about those experiences and seeing your spouse as central in all of those experiences and uh, how much support and love and constancy that they have for you in all of those experiences, um, it does nothing but strengthen that level of appreciation for sure. Well, let's extend that into your kids, right? Because your son kind of kicked off this whole journey that you've been on. So let's let's extend that thought. How has that affected you as a father in dealing with your kids? Uh, well, so it's kind of funny. Um, like I said, he, my, my oldest son, Matt, uh, kicked the whole thing off um, about 14, 15 months ago by asking me that question about why I was always so negative. Um, and then I spent you know, all that time writing. And now the, the book's been out about three months or so. And so sort of come full circle and it's run its full process. And, uh, he, he asked me recently, um, whether I was less negative or more positive or whether it had changed my, my outlook. And I, I didn't know exactly how to answer that question either. Um, I, I don't, I think what I told him, I think what is the truth is that I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a different person. And so I'm, I'm probably not a different father either. Um, but I'm certainly more aware of, um, of certain things, um, and, and hyper aware of, um, of my relationship with my children and some of those dynamics. Um, so, uh, I'm a little more thoughtful, uh, hopefully a little more patient. And um, it, it's interesting. I, I've, as I've been having conversations with people who have read the book and are, are kind enough to give me feedback on it, somebody, a friend of mine shared something really awesome with me 
it's a person who um, I've known for a long time, but lives in a different city than I do. And they've never met my children. But their response to me was, I feel like I know your children uh, because of this book. And so not only is that a, a, a wonderful thing for somebody to say and, and a nice compliment, um, but I think I do too, right? So I, I, having gone through that process, um, I, I certainly am more thoughtful um, about them. And um, there's, there's so much more there to be thankful for in terms of what you're um, what you're thoughtful about it's amazing how one one conversation with your son changed so much in your life it's really it's really cool too that the timing of that is it's obviously divine right so he he asked me that question at the end of 2019 right before I mean, like four or five weeks before the world just went on shutdown for COVID. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I would have said, you know, in that time that I would, that I didn't appreciate was that um, I had a few less billable hours than I would have liked as a freelance writer. Right. So I was finding projects a little harder to come by and, you know, I was, you know, and it's sort of a feast or famine sort of world. And I was in a famine period and, so while the whole world goes on shutdown for basically 2020, that was basically God saying, here you go. Here's some time, right? Here's, here's this question. Here's, here's the time to sit down and write. If I was in a feast period in my career, I probably wouldn't have been open to the idea of, oh, well, that's great. That, that would be a good idea, but I don't have time for that, right? So God made that unmistakable for me that, here you go, here's some time to work on that, and basically created the space and time for me to be thoughtful about that and to do the research and to spend the time writing. I, it's funny, I, I refer to it as I basically spent 2020 marinating my brain in gratitude, which is just like this ongoing process of, you know, as a writer, whatever it is your subject matter is, you sort of become immersed in it. You know, if you're writing a book about baseball or, you know, food or whatever it is, you, you live that topic for as long as you're writing about it. And it just so happens that my topic ended up being gratitude and appreciation. So I'm spending eight to 10 hours a day, either researching or writing or talking about, or, you know, living in this process of gratitude and appreciation. Mm -hmm. And it is literally marinating my brain in those thoughts and those ideas and those feelings. And that's that's where that fundamental shift comes from because you basically are your thoughts, right? You know, if you spend a whole bunch of time telling yourself that you are whatever, you become that because that's what you believe, that's what you're hearing. You know, your own voice is the loudest voice in your own head. So that was the voice in my head. Those were the things I was spending my time with. And it was this awesome gift that was divinely timed. The other thing that's really cool for me is, you know, in terms of growing what you got and sharing with people is I think probably the greatest gift that's come out of the experience of writing this book is the what turns out to be the universal nature of all of these things that, that I've gone through. When I started writing, I assumed that the things that I that had either happened to me or had experienced that I had experienced, you know, these challenges that 
they'd only happened to me, that that was just my experience and that I was, I was very much alone in that, that nobody else could understand it. Nobody else could, could appreciate, you know, what I had been through. And as I started talking with people who had read the book and uh, sort of uh, saw what I had seen, very frequently people say, wow, yeah, me too. Uh, maybe the exact same thing that happened to you didn't happen to me, but let me tell you my story. And it's pretty similar or sort of follows the same path. And that that's, uh, that is an amazing gift uh, when you're able to relate to a, another human uh, through a shared experience. And um, it, it, when something that you've been through is able to help somebody else um, like I said, either have a better experience or avoid a bad experience, and, and they share that with you, that it, it doesn't get much better than that. It's very rewarding. Guys, before we uh, go any farther, because I forgot to run this earlier, we have the question of the show, the question of the day, whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to put that up on the bottom of the screen. The question is, do you think that living more focused on gratitude and appreciation would make your life better. Guys, do you think that this idea of living with more appreciation for your what's going on, the situations you've been through, and gratitude, and looking for the lessons learned to them, do you think it would make your life better? Comment down below, guys. I reply to all the comments. I love to read what you guys have to say. Contribute to the community and share with us, guys. I'm honored when you take the time to do it. I respond to everything pretty much, unless you are one of those spammers. But guys, be sure and comment. Tell us, do you think that living life more focused on attitude or gratitude and appreciation would make your life better? I really want to know what you think. Now, you talk about the Lake Bozeman Award. Uh, that I that man, that chapter was that was rough for me. Uh, that was so. That story is so just both compelling and emotional at the same time. Uh, and such a beautiful, incredible story. Why is it beautiful stories are often tragic? You know, <laughs> from our perspective, right? So, uh, but you talk about the late Bozeman Award and right after you share the definition of that award, you mentioned that it really wouldn't be a bad approach to anything in life. Would you, would you share that with us? Right. Well, so a little bit of context. Um, so. Um, Lake Bosman is, uh, or uh, was a, a young child who played baseball with my youngest son. Um, uh, and he was, uh, they weren't on the same team, but they played in the same league. And so, uh, coaching youth baseball, you end up in uh, just like anything else, it's a community of people. And so you end up forming these relationships and, uh, with, uh, kids and families. And, um, so he is a child that we encountered through playing baseball and um, turned out that he ended up also being diagnosed with cancer and um, he uh, ended up passing away um, at uh, about the age of 10. And so um, while that was an awful experience for everyone involved, um, for uh, obviously his family and for everyone who loved him and for everyone who was in community with him. Um, it, 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 it also presented an amazing opportunity 
um, in that we have been able to do a number of things to honor his legacy. Um, and so um, one of the, the small ways that, that I've been able to, um, to help with that is um, I've maintained a relationship with, uh, with his family uh, for uh, many years uh, since his passing. Um, and following his passing, um, the league decided that um, forever going forward, you know, in the future, that every season, uh, a child in every age group in that particular local recreational baseball league uh, would be honored with the Lake Bosman Award, which is really sort of a testament to the way that he lived. Um, it's just, uh, it's a testament to, uh, to courage and joy and uh, determination and just um, giving everything that you've got and, and living every single day in a spirit of joy and living by faith and not by sight and just being secure and who you are and, um, and, and, and being awesome. <laughs> and so, uh, that, that award, um, is several years, uh, has several years of history already and continues to be given, you know, every year. Uh, like I said, I've, uh, maintained a relationship with their family and it's, um, in the, in the spirit of growing what you're given, um, every copy of the book, I can appreciate that, that we sell, we are donating, uh, proceeds from the sale of those books to, uh, a fund that continues to do research into curing childhood cancer, uh, in his name and in the name of a couple other, uh, uh, children in their community as well. Uh, so, his legacy lives on through a number of things through, you know, the, those, those challenges become opportunities and his legacy uh, lives on. And guys, right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, there is a link on the screen. It's also in the description and the show notes of both the podcast and the YouTube version of this, uh, where you can go get, I can appreciate that on Amazon. It will take you straight to the page and not only are you blessing yourself, guys, because learning what Stephen is sharing with us in this book will bless your life. It will increase so much. Growing in your appreciation and gratitude can only make your life better as far as I'm concerned. It only makes things better. There is no negative side to it. You guys, not only are you increasing and benefiting your life and by learning to embrace gratitude and appreciation, you're blessing those around you, your immediate family, your immediate circle, your friends, the people you work with, but you're also donating to help for a great cause, which is just an incredible gift from Steven to uh, something he believes in very much. So there's a link on the screen or in the description, guys, get yourself a copy of this book. You need to read it. Now, Steven, what is next for you? You've written a book, you have a, you have a job, your wife has a job, you've written another book. What is next for Stephen Crane? Anybody need a copywriter? <laughs> <laughs> it took me six years after I wrote my first book to write this book. And so it's not like I just have a whole bunch of other books that, you know, I, uh, have in the hopper that I'm trying to write. Um, you know, that might not be next. Um, I'm, 
I've been playing around with making a, a documentary film about music and, uh, you know, talking to a whole bunch of people on uh, Zoom. And it's funny, the whole music world shut down, you know, hardcore too last year. And all these musicians had nowhere to go and nobody to play for. And so I was just like, all right, well, this is a perfect time to try and reach out to those folks. And uh, I, I was amazingly surprised by how many people said, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to some random dude I've never met before in a Zoom call. Uh, you know, I'm talking to all these, you know, some people you've probably heard of before, you know, uh, musicians. Uh, so um, I I don't know what's next, but, uh, but I'm excited for all of it. You know, sometimes I think if you, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, if you, I guess it depends on how you live your life, right? Um, people ask me what I'm doing with the fallible man. And quite honestly, I, I don't actually know. Like <laughs> I am so just riding this train. Uh, when I started, I was actually starting to write a book and then it turned into social media and then it turned into a podcast and then it turned to YouTube and t-shirts. And, and by the way, I love your t-shirt looking sharp. Uh, but I have no idea where it's going. And I honestly don't know that I would want to do it if I did, right? There, there's an aspect that comes down to faith and a point where you go, you know, I don't know where God is taking me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going there. He'll, he'll figure that out as I go. Right. Right. It's funny. So, uh, in the, the setup of my book, I sort of go through a little bit of my family history and go through like these, these weird sort of sequence of events that sort of had to happen. Um, all the way down from my great grandfather to my grandfather to my father to me, and that's just on one side of my family. You know, all these little moments that are like seconds in time, where if one thing happens, you know, it goes one way, and if it if it went the other way, I wouldn't even be here, right? So all these different things line up for all of us to be here, and everybody has stories like that, right? So the conclusion that you can, that you come to is one of two things, right? Either it's all random and none of it matters and you know it just whatever happens happens and you don't have any control over it or you know and none of it matters or there's like this amazing master plan that you also don't have any control over and god or you know what whatever you want to call you know the, the creator of the universe is pulling the strings and has a plan for you and that's what's going to happen, whether not whether you like it or not, but you know, it sort of, yeah, yeah no, I get know, it. it's going to be what it is, and so it's it is much, it's a much happier experience in existence if you embrace the latter of those two possibilities, right? That there is a plan and ride it, right? You know, ride it with comfort that there's something amazing at the end of that, and that you know because because we were here something else will be here that somebody else will look back on in 50 years and go, dang, that was only possible because Brent did this or Steven did that, or, you know, these people were alive. You know, I, I respect people's right to believe anything they want to believe. I understand some people don't believe in God and I don't understand how, but that's fine. I respect their choice and their right to do that. But yeah, we're either the most spectacular mistake possible right? Just the most spectacular randomization or we're divinely engineered. Personally for me, right? 
I, I am a Christian, so it's easy for me because I've grown up a Christian and um, I've been in ministry. But at the same time, even if I wasn't, if nothing else, my ego, right, which Christians aren't supposed to have ego, but it, my ego says, hey, I like the idea of believing that I'm spectacularly planned or that I'm just an amazing, colossal happenstance, right? Right. Do you do social media at all? Do you, where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the I, I am on social media, um, and uh, but the book itself uh, actually has a social media presence. Um, there's a page for I Can Appreciate That on Facebook, um, which is just um, at I-C-A-T story. I can appreciate that story. Uh, and then uh, it actually has its own Instagram uh, feed, which is just I can appreciate that. Uh, so if people want to join what we call our uh, appreciation nation, our community of gratitude, uh, they can uh, see snippets and excerpts from the book and uh, sort of where the story has been uh, traveling around the world and, uh, and, and share their own experiences of gratitude as well. And guys, you can be a part of that. I think I got the hashtag right. I typed it while we were talking, right? Did I spell that right? I yep. can appreciate that. Hashtag, I can appreciate that. Guys, if this benefits you, if you are ready to live life with appreciation and gratitude and take all that that comes with it, because it is an incredible blessing to see the world that way, to learn to find the good in every situation only makes you a happier, healthier person. That's all. So if you're feeling that, guys, you can hashtag, I can appreciate that. Steven's trying to get this going. He wants to share this with the world. He wants to share his message. You, my guests, my listeners, can be a part of this movement right now. Tag it in social media. Hashtag, I can appreciate that. Share the idea of, added, of gratitude and appreciation. Guys, go get you this book. Right, I have a link in the description. Go get this book, guys. It will only improve your life. Stephen, thank you for spending some time with us on the Fallible Man podcast. Thank it's my you pleasure. I'm to be here and writing a great book that can help people. Guys, thanks for joining us. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.